And uh, we've got uh, our guest traveling as she seems to want to do all the time. Who is she? Larata Mohwatle is a journalist who's worked for eight years at publications including Sunday Times, City Press, Drum, True Love, Cosmopolitan. She's written for the Mail and Guardian. She's written for a variety of different uh, magazines, newspapers, both online and otherwise. She went traveling. It started out as three months. It ended up as five years. And she wrote a wonderful book called Vagabond, Wandering Through Africa on Faith. And we've interviewed Lerato over the years. We've, uh, In fact, we spoke to her a while back about uh, uh, Sao Tome and why it was such a wonderful place. So it's delightful to hear that she is back there again. She's our guest for today. She's choosing the music. She's choosing her own guests as well. And she's going to talk about travel, travel for single women, travel in Africa, how we choose to travel differently if we want to. What happens if we can't physically travel? How do we stay at home but still manage to take our imagination to other places? Lerato, as always, a true delight to speak to you. Thank you for joining us. Always a pleasure, Michelle. Thank you so much for having me over. <laughs> I wish you could have me over at your place today. <laughs> oh, I would love that. You know, everything becomes slightly cheaper when you're traveling with oh, someone else. <laughs> I know. I know. So describe for our listeners where you are. Mm. Describe the place you're in right now so that uh, they can get a sense of what they're missing. I'm in, a, in an island called Sao Tome and Principe. It's a twin island nation of the Gulf of Guinea. The closest country, if you're looking where to locate it, is Gabon. And it is quite literally like stepping back into, into a time that you thought no longer existed, both physically, but also in terms of attitude, social life, the way people relate. It is so beautiful here. It is as if you had stepped into Jurassic Park without the dinosaurs. <laughs> it is lush, green. It is the perfect picture of paradise. And my favorite thing and the reason I suspect I'll always return is that People are so, so loving, so humble, so warm and so welcoming that last year when I lost my iPhone while running around town, someone found it and looked for me. They took it to a tourist office and looked and looked until they were able to locate me and bring back my phone to me. And I yeah. think that just tells you a lot about a place and the people when when a stranger can treat can treat even your property with kindness without any obligation, right? Finders keepers. What are you what are you doing in Sao Tome? I mean, in fact, you've, we, we've spoken about it before and you at the time you were like, this is a place I really want to go back to. And you were talking mm. about the food and the, and the uh, Principe and the different islands. And what are you doing there now? I wanted to escape winter, <laughs> yeah. but also now I'm being a cliche, you know, I just got out of a six year relationship and I thought, well, I'm going to eat, pray and love my way in, in Central Africa, <laughs> particularly around the island, just for a month. And so, so I, I'm, re yeah. I'm really here to, to keep exploring the story of the island. I've been in contact with people making networks while I was away from here so that I can come back and find stories. It's very, very story rich. And I'm hoping, you know, Love Sao Tome will be my second book. 
but yes. um also it just comes at a time in my life where i'm also reflecting a lot on travel what traveling has meant for me what it has done for me and i think against the backdrop of covid-19 um i haven't been doing well at all at all i felt very blindsided by the impact of the virus and particularly the deaths of so many close friends mm. um and so i have really really been struggling with that i'm sure my voices shaky a bit i've really been struggling with that even with therapy i've been struggling with that and so i found that when i was here last year i was able to to feel alive in love to feel hope alive to feel faith alive again and so i really just wanted to be here to hold on to those feelings and the affirmation that saotome is to me as i'm going through this period of transition in my life you talk about so many different things that one wants to just uh, sort of really hone in on. I mean, you, you say, you know, that, that how tough it's been and that even in therapy you have not been able to resolve so many different things. And, and talking about loss, your therapist might say that by traveling to another country, you are still with yourself. But you mm. you, you you seem to be able to lose certain things of yourself when you travel or perhaps not lose them but you seem to be able to come to terms with them and I'm I can't say that for sure but certainly when I think about your writing and I look at your comments on on social media and that do you find that that going to a place like Sao Tome helps you come to terms with some of the the, the difficult things that you're experiencing Absolutely for me it has been very very healing and you know um, I don't want to to turn places that I visit into lack of a better word into saviors right because <laughs> i think it should just be fun and travel <laughs> you know I, I certainly don't want places to save me but what inevitably what ended happening with sao tome is that i came when i first came here i was at a very low point in my life i didn't even want to come here i only came here because i couldn't get a refund on my ticket yeah, that's how bad of a space I was in. I actively did not want to travel and was willing to do anything to not come here. But I came here because I was going to lose my money otherwise. And I think, you know, I was I felt that I was on my knees and I was very I was lost. But through the beauty of the place, through mm. the simplicity, just the, the the essence of life here, I was able to remember that life is beautiful and so am I, that life overflows with hope <laughs> and that hope springs from within me as well. And it's always, it was for me, it was in the little things. Firstly, this is a very safe country. Um, so it's, it's, it's amazing for, for women. It's amazing for solo travelers. It's amazing for people who have never traveled alone before or people who don't have a lot of travel experience and just want to be able to be at a place but feel that they will be fine so that was really helpful and then for me the beauty of life the, the the very meaning of my life is to vagabond it is to wander from place to place fueled by my curiosity wanting to discover and rediscover and submerge myself in in the newness of the places that i visit i really love recreating myself and i love that, that travel allows me to do that and so when that was lost to to lockdowns but also lost by my spirit being weighed down by COVID, it really felt that I was breathing, but essentially dead. And mm. so I really needed 
to to reclaim myself i needed to say hey girl it's just a tough period it's not yeah. all of life now you know and that has really really been helpful and healing but most importantly it has also grounded me again you know, Lorato, one of the things that um, Vagabond did, certainly for me, and I'm sure for many, many other women as well, and you've highlighted it again in this conversation, is this idea of um, women and solo travel and how much so many of us as women actually do want to say, you know what, I'm just going to, I just want to take time out by myself. I just want to go here and I mm. want to, as you say, find healing in other spaces. Um, th- those kinds of challenges are tell us tell us how we do it not you know in depth but like certainly Mm. how do we do it as single women who want to travel who want to feel safe we need to choose i suppose the places that we know are safe um Mm. we also i mean there was the horrendous story that came out of um zanzibar at one point and and I, i mean i would never go back there as a single woman but it 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 does make you think okay this can be done, but it can be done differently. And your book really, really did tell that story. Absolutely. I really think what happened in Zanzibar is extremely unfortunate um, and particularly saddened because that was never that is not the Zanzibar that I know and love. Yeah. Although um, I'm, I doubt that I'll be going back there, not because of the incidents, but because of the way the law and the authority responded to it. There's violence everywhere in the world. But I want to know that I will have access to justice and I will be heard and my story will be heard fairly. And in the absence of that, you know, it tells you that maybe that place is not ready to to welcome tourists. It's not ready to welcome women if they cannot protect our safety. And then in the absence of being safe, make sure that we access justice. But if you, what I found what has been very helpful from the very onset when I wanted to travel is that I think a lot of women suffer from, well, it's, I don't think it's anything we, we intentionally do, but I think oftentimes people don't allow that the world is also, our lives are in our hands quite literally. Um, we say this, we know this, but they, they, our life is really in our hands to the point that you can simply make a decision for yourself and commit to that decision for yourself. A lot of the times when I meet people who've read Vagabond or people who want to travel, they say, oh, I really want to, to I wish I could do what you've done. And I say, well, there's nothing stopping you. Yeah. No, but yeah. my mom thinks, my mom is worried. Yes, her mom, your mom can be worried. It has nothing to do with you, <laughs> right? Um <laughs> You know, um, I, I'm not brave. It doesn't take bravery. And with the, no. the, the question of bravery, you really see how society infantilizes women because I'm a human being on earth. All my life I have lived on earth. Why would a different part of earth that's not that's not Mabopani or Pretoria or Johannesburg or South Africa be any more different? Right. So the idea for me, the idea that we feel so isolated from the experience of living that anyone would think it takes bravery to just book a ticket out of town and then go somewhere else and explore is is sad because it really just tells you that essentially then we don't have we might not have a lot of a lot of faith in ourselves and we might not have a lot of tools 
yeah, that absolutely. for me unnecessary yeah. to feel that as an adult I have landed on my feet and I'm navigating life still challenged but not necessarily with fear at the center of my decision making yeah we're going to go into your second song a great selection of songs actually tell us about uh, Thank why you. you've chosen why you've chosen uh, Cesaria Uvara because I, I love her. I'm learning Portuguese. <laughs> <laughs> I know <laughs> because I'm learning Portuguese. I'm dreaming of Cabo Verde, but you know she also represents freedom. She the yes. barefoot diva. She always just carried herself with such grace, with such style and class, but not in a way that not in a Eurocentric way where those things are actually used to 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 diminish personality and turn women into step foot robots you know she she represents freedom <laughs> of character of being she represents that quintessential old african woman that i want to be fun funky living life on her own terms you know nothing else but her own her own vibe to 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 much to i love her so let's play her because I love her too. And I think lots of our listeners do that song. What a great choice, Cesaria, Evora and uh, Sodan. And our guest today is someone who has written an extraordinary book many a year ago, not many a year ago, Lerato Mohatle. <laughs> she wrote a book called Vagabond. She's currently in Sao Tome and uh, that's where we've got her and we're talking to her. Lerato, I think that this is kind of appropriate going into your first guest. But one of the things, and we have spoken about this before, one of the things that I found incredibly powerful in your book was the um, the narrative of LGBTQI communities in Africa. Mm. As hard as it can be in South Africa, comparative to many other countries, I'm thinking of Uganda, for example, which you wrote about, it is a very, very different narrative um you wrote about that and now you have this your first guest um who is on the line homeless jane tell us why you've chosen her homolemo i really love homolemo both on a personal level um but also because of her mind and what she represents even if she wasn't a beloved of mine, I would still have held her in very high esteem. She's a feminist queer writer and she really, really insists on her voice reverberating around the world and she loves God and she insists on making God the center of her existence, including being queer. And so she constantly, constantly challenges everyone who wants to frame being queer beyond beyond God. She she challenges mm. that with her writing, but bearing in mind that this continent is is, is still homophobic and but because of religion, whether it's Christianity or Islam and, and others, it's very important to also have writers, feminist queer writers who are speaking to that essential part of, of identity, right? The one of spirituality mm. as well. And um, she's an all-around wonderful person. Homolemo, there we go. That's a, a, a good pat on the back if ever there was one. <laughs> I think so too. Oh my gosh, what an amazing introduction. Thank you, Lerato. <laughs> I have to say that it's always very funny because when you ask your guest to, to introduce their 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 um, interview, the people that they'd like to interview, it very often starts with, 
this is a person that I think is so amazing. I love what they're doing. And and it really does, like, you just start to see this wonderful ecosystem of of love but inspiration and, and how people connect with one another. So it's so welcome to the show, Humolemo. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you so much. I, I'm going to put to you both, and um, Lorato, you, you did raise it now, the, the the challenge on a continent like Africa with regards to LGBTQI travel, but also the safety of those communities and the like. Does this mean that you don't go to those countries, or does this mean that you go but you take care? Homolemo, I'll start with you. Uh, wow. Um, so in the past, I think, three or four years, I mean, I've had um, the privilege of traveling around the continent and little stock no. So my queerness, um, any sort of PDA or public display of affection, steer um, clear of. Um, but that's no different to how I would navigate South Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, I live in mm-hmm. Cape Town right now, and it's it's lauded as this queer mecca of Africa, but the reality is that that's not the case for poor black uh, queer mm. women who find themselves mm. in the Kailitas, in the Langas of the world, who don't have the luxury of, of living in Camp Bay or in Sea Point yeah. where, where, you know, gayness or queerness is celebrated. So I definitely, um, I, I definitely compartmentalize myself when I travel um, or when I am really in my being. Um, there are certain parts of me that I reserve for my home or spaces that I know are safe. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Lerato, what about you? How do you, how do you, I mean, this idea of compartmentalizing yourself is also just hugely problematic in itself, that one has to do that. Yes, it, it really shows you how unsafe spaces are and that ultimately even as a society, South Africa, we have not transformed, right? What changes is your economic status allows you hmm. yeah. um, to, to access or create safe spaces for yourself. It's pride wherever I show up. I would always let everyone know that I'm queer. If, if, if I'm in a taxi and, and a man tries to hit on me, I'm like, mm, not my target market, but you look cute. Is your sister cute as well? <laughs> and... And I always get three kinds of responses. People get really, really shocked. Um, mm. There was a taxi driver in Libreville last year who was really shocked. And he said, my goodness, that, that, is, that is against the word of God. It's not allowed. In fact, I should stop right now and, and you should get out of my taxi. And I said to him, my man, you have not met my temper. And it's a lovely day in Libreville. Is this, just think through it, is this what you want to do with your day today? You see how I came into your car and I smiled, you asked me about myself and intimate detail about my life. And instead of being weird about it, I just told you, um, no, you're not my type and, and you want to turn it into a fight because I will fight you. And then I meet other people who just go, oh, okay, interesting. And they say nothing else. Or 
most which this really <laughs> delighted me. I met someone else and we had to have a conversation on Google Translate in Portuguese. And I said to him, Oh, I don't date men. And he said, Oh, lesbian. And I loved that he had the word for it. And then, <laughs> then he started telling me about how he was also exploring his sexuality. He met someone, they were getting to know each other. He's not sure. And I know then I was explaining, perhaps you're bi curious, you know, but also sexuality is fluid. So you know, you, you don't have to hold on to this idea of who you are as a, in his case, I guess, um, I assumed he was a, as a heterosexual man. You don't have to hold on to that idea of yourself so much that you can't even allow. And, you know, evolution and transition is, is, is normal, but we also come into ourselves, right? Um, so if you are perhaps coming into yourself and realizing that, oh, I actually am also attracted to men, explore it you know there's yeah. nothing no one has ever withered from giving up themselves over to true freedom in their lives the freedom to self-define the freedom to exist and live in your own terms the freedom to be happy despite things that might try to take away their happiness rather than the freedom to be fully you in a in a in, in, in a continent and spaces where sometimes your identity is weaponized so it's, are there are there countries where you would feel comfortable to do that, but are there some countries where you wouldn't feel uncomfortable, or have you made that decision for yourself that you will, you will have those conversations no matter where? I'll never have them in Sudan. Hmm. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'll never have them in Sudan. Um, I wonder if I wonder if 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 I really wonder, and I've had I've had this conversation with myself before. No, um, I won't have them in Sudan, not because. Not because I think anything will happen, but it's so strange, isn't it, that I speak so much about this freedom and insisting on yourself. But also I'm like, if I tell my Sudanese friends I'm, I'm queer, what if he rejects me and I lose, I lose having that security blanket? for myself, that friendship in Khartoum and, and so on. But other than that, um, I don't think I, I will I will ever stop. And the reason the reason I want to to keep doing it as well, I think it's because I don't I don't want to walk around the world and around Africa fearful and worried that there's no space for myself. You know, if you have a problem with me being gay, look, it's your problem, not mine, but I'm not going to shrink myself because of you. And a lot of the times, even when people are initially shocked, right? Um, after we sit down and we have a conversation, whether it's, it's a polite one or a very confrontational one, I find that, um, that people have been fortunate enough that people are all, also always willing to stop and and reflect on the fact that these the, the like homophobia is not it's not african but not only that if you say oh um the bible says you can't be gay the bible is also like an inherited text you know um in the sense that we 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 live it but we didn't write it it's not a book it is a book that sacred is holy but it's 2022 now as well right and you can question everything including religion including religious teachings that are contrary to to the idea of promoting human rights and equality for all people we have to go to a break, but when we come back, we'll continue the conversation with Homolemo and Lerato. And we get uh, Lerato's second guest joining us a little later. The Jet Set Breakfast on SAFM. Destination unknown. 
It's 20 to 10 and you are with SAFM 104 to 107. On a Sunday, we always have our guest presenter. And today, our guest presenter is an author and a traveler par excellence, Lerata Mukhatle. She's currently in Sao Tome. And her first guest, Khomolemo uh, Lesejane, is a black queer feminist writer and also gender justice activist. And we've got them both on the line at the moment. Khomolemo, if I may, you know, you are, you are a uh-huh. writer. And so much of what uh, Lerato was talking about earlier is about this idea of how we initiate the conversation. So how do we put the conversation on the table? How do we, and maybe in, in places where even language um, d- doesn't always allow so easily. I mean, I'm thinking of Lerato with uh, Google Translate wow. and Portuguese and <laughs> the like. How do you do it as, as a writer, but also as an activist? My my activism is premised very much on these multiple identities um, that converge on my body, right? So I'm black, I'm Christian, I'm a feminist, I consider myself working class, um, and I'm also uh, from Soweto. So all of these, <laughs> and excuse me, say, but like all of these uh, make for a melting pot of identities, mm. and I don't ever think I can begin to tackle um, the issues or begin to have meaningful conversations on gender, um, on queerness, on religion without engaging communities. Um, so my activism is really premised on communion and fellowship and, and understanding that I'm not the first, <laughs> I'm definitely not the last person to um, to organize, to advocate um, for for the things that I do, and it's important to have conversations and meaningful and significant conversations mm. with people um, in these communities. So for me, that looks like sometimes on a Thursday, um, Sheila's Day, uh, going to going to a township and having communion with elderly women who are most probably domestic workers, um, but who've been given that day off to go and fellowship in church and be just sitting there and listening to them and also taking in from them and learning from them. Um, so community, but also um, accompaniment. I really believe in presence um, as a ministry. So just being with people and, and um, helping them to understand how we're on the same page, or we could be yeah. on the same page if we just extend one another, I guess, in, in community and in fellowship, and and that's where that's my point of but my point of departure when it when it comes to activism. And my writing, definitely, yeah. I like this idea of um, community and communion, and. I'm gonna take a slight sidetrack, but 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 I did start thinking about it while um, Humulemo was talking about it. Lerato, um, you obviously followed that um, uh, Sweden Gate uh, thing on 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 Twitter. You might have talking about do people feed other people or particularly other people's children when they come to visit in their home, and apparently in some countries they don't. And we we raised spoke about it earlier mm-hmm. on the show and. Just how different different countries have different cultures, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they aren't hospitable. It just means that maybe they acknowledge their hospitability or hospitality in a, in a slightly different way. Lerata, have you do you experience that, or do you find that the majority of the places you go are just down and out generous? Um, I think that 
and practicing that kind of communion where people get together over something. It might even be a conversation. Lerato? When, oh. Uh, hello? Yes. yes. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes. It's down and everything I've experienced is down and out generous from the get-go. Africa is, is the continent of Ubuntu. People are loving and people will share absolutely everything they have with you. So I was really shocked by Sweden Gate um, because there's nothing, there's nothing decent or humanly possible about that. You cannot be hungry and want to feed yourself and not recognize that another person, a child in many cases, also is hungry and wants to be fed. That is quite simply revolting and there's nothing any sweet or anyone can say to me um, about cultural differences, that that's not a cultural differences, it's really just being cold-hearted. That's really being cold-hearted and disgusting, particularly because we all love, we all love being on the receiving end of generosity, of kindness, of grace, of, of hospitality so the same people have have received it elsewhere but the, when it's their turn to to express it suddenly it's, it, it's a cultural difference suddenly there has to be a context to it i don't buy it but this explains why i always complain to people when i'm outside of africa that when i'm traveling in north america and in europe my soul feels cold because mm. people cannot even smile with a hello you know like so alien what do you mean we are we are all human but you can't even offer a smile yeah Nah, some cultural differences i don't buy they need what isn't that something we could think about in south africa as well i mean the idea that um you can't even offer a smile uh well you know i put that as a challenge out to our listeners how many of us walk down the road and as you walk past some you simply say good morning i mean how hard is that it's not exactly the most difficult thing in the world it's two words you know what i mean it's like mm. but 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 often we don't see that and it's unfortunate um it's unfortunate that we don't see that but I would like to encourage people to see it, right? And to to just recognize other the next person's humanity. Just say hello, you know, it's it's who we are. That's what defines us. I'm from Pretoria. And if you don't greet someone, my goodness, they might even find your mom and come to complain, you know. So it's it's also an integral part of my identity. And I'm sure Humu will speak to this as well. Yeah. Como, do you ever have that where you feel like, okay, if I don't do this uh, appropriately, there's, there's going to be that complaint to my fam. <laughs> Sorry, say again, Michelle, um, I lost you a bit. No, I was just saying, do you ever get that where you think, okay, if I don't do this uh, appropriately, correctly, or whatever the case may be, there's going to be a complaint to my family? Basically, um, yeah, like you, you don't come from yourself, right? You you are you belong to people, and I always think like you're a representation of those people, representative of those people, wherever you may be. It's just it's a it's a beautiful thought, mm. guys. We have to go to a break. Humulema, uh, we're going to have to say goodbye to you. Also, the quality of the, the line, we do apologize. Not brilliant, but what a lovely uh, person to be talking to and what a great conversation around that as well. When we come back, we'll be going to Lerato's second guest. Uh, we've had her on the show before, Suela Langeni. She owns the Book Circle Capital, which is uh, located in Melville and doing some interesting things around books and how we think about words and the like. But to a breakfast. 
The Jet Set Breakfast on SAFM. Destination unknown. So our guest today is Lerato Mukhwatle. She is a journalist and an author. She wrote a book called Vagabond, Wandering Through Africa on Faith a while back. And uh, Lerato, someone has just, Donald, is saying, where can he get the book? And are you going to ever start like a little, like a little travel group that we can all join? <laughs> Oh, fantastic. Yes, you can buy the book at Bargain Books. You can buy it at www.blackbedbooks.africa. You can buy it at Africa Rise Store in Senton. And Donald, go to vagabond.africa. It's my travel blog and I have a page up for a group trip that I'm curating to Egypt sometime Mm. in the next coming months still finalizing it still planning it the challenge with covid travels for me i will not lie but now things are recovering it has been that ticket prices more than doubled in some cases there were so many changing dynamics on the go that i became fearful that if i did it if i did group trips at the wrong time the mm. the point of it my why would be lost my why is that after traveling africa is is affordable and accessible. And my why would have been lost if it meant having to take three three journeys to connect, right? Because COVID really, really turned traveling upside down. Well, I I look forward to hearing about that. I once taught uh, English in Cairo for a while. And so I'd be interested to hear uh, when that trip is. It would be a great learning curve for for sure. Siwela Langeni, the book circle capital, doing such crazy, beautiful things with books as well. You've chosen Siwela because why? Okay, I think we've lost Lerato again. Siwela, you're there. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm back now. The Wi-Fi is a little weak, but I'm back now. Okay, fantastic. Well, listen, you know, we have to deal with all sorts of things as we travel. And yes. That's, that's life. Tell us a little bit about your choice of Siwela. I chose Siwela because... You know, independent bookshops are few and far between, but the type of space that she has particularly created is so, so important. Um, When I was still writing Vagabond, I hadn't even submitted the manuscript to the publisher. I went to Book Circle Capital and I said to them, I'm going to be a writer. I'm going to be (laughs) launching a book. And they said, "And, and when you have it and when it's ready, you are welcome. You must know that you have a home here, whether you want... To, to launch here, whether we can help connect you to book clubs, recommend it to our book clubs, just keeping it on the shelves and making sure that it's always here and we're amplifying you. And it wasn't just about me. It was about amplifying literature, African literature, about amplifying the work of, of Black women writers in particular. And, you know, in, the, in, in a space where, in a literature space where sometimes selling a book can be a mammoth task. There must be mm. suppliers and men's there must be an ecosystem of traditional publishing and so on mm-hmm. someone like Siwela is completely breaking down boundaries she loves books but not only does she love them she's breaking down those boundaries for all of us so that our stories matter so that our stories mm-hmm. get to live outside of ourselves and outside the confines of how the industry works and for that I love and appreciate her so much and she always has the most amazing collection of books 
ever in Johannesburg. Siwela, what are you what are you looking at right now? If you think about okay, there's a, I mean, whenever I talk to you, you've always got some book at the top of your fingertips. And <laughs> what are you looking at right now? What's like going? Okay, everybody should be reading this now. Uh, morning. Thank you so much. I'm really honored. Thanks, Lerato, for the beautiful words. And Michelle, thank you. Um, I'm excited about Wonderfully Made by uh, Tuarelo as Rumula. We read it yesterday at the shop um, for young girls. Uh, and the In Bogoto uh, Women Who Shape Us series. We had oh. the authors there in the afternoon yes, uh, yesterday. Uh, it's a series on pioneers, musicians, leaders by Atambile Masola and Olisa. And uh, for the rest of June, um, there's a book by Dr. Noctula Mazugumsumang. I don't know if I should even say it. It's, it's landing on the 16th of June. Is a, so it's a tea party. She's done it with New Africa Books. And um, one of my highlights is Onke, Onke Mazugumsumang has also got a book called The Second Verse. Uh, we'll be launching that also. And I Am a Man by Jerry Mofukeng. Lorraine yes. Toll is going to be talking to him uh, at Book Circle Capital uh, before this month is over. And one of my highlight highlights is we have uh, advocate Tim Begangu-Gaito who's going to be talking with Bulelani Nuka uh, about his book. About his yeah, book. the sting the of the tail, yeah, yeah, at the end of the month. But yeah, we, we're always trying to just highlight the books that are coming out. And Vagabond, I mean continues to do well. We've got copies as well, so Era's on the list of people that have got copies. But yeah, right. that's that's some of the stuff that are, are, are we've got going on. You know, I want to ask both of you, um, we, we're coming to the close of the show, but it's something, Siwela, that you mentioned with, with books for young girls and, and, and so mm. much of what you both do is you, you, you and also, um, you know, Homolemo as well, is that you are these young women that that represent so much and are able to act as mentors, and I suppose one and I'm putting this in inverted commas, but as guides mm. for for young girls as well. Do you see that as 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 critical to your role in in whatever it is you do? So, well, I'll start with you. No, absolutely. A lot of the content that's coming out now, Michelle, is stuff that I wish I had read um, huh. when I was yeah. younger. So, so, so uh, the, the, the work that I do is about that, to say, even though I may not know a person personally, but maybe scrolling on their timeline and seeing a quote from a book where they tell them you're brave, you're, you can be anything. Because, uh, you know, 70% of the content they see on TV is still so, shows a different representation of who they are. So, so, so that's why this work is, is very important to me. I've got kids uh, that I want them to see themselves in the content that they consume. So that's that's the passion behind it. Lerato, you are certainly, I'm sure, one of those highlighted people um, for so many young young kids as well and young girls. Uh, tell us about how that feels to be that mentor, to be that guide, to be that, I suppose one could call you the journeyman in a way. I, I love you, Michelle. Again, it, it's like Suela said, right? It's about representation. You want to see yourself in the world around you. And you want to know that the world you dream of and the worlds you dream of are possible. So I love being a mirror for, for everyone, you know, uh, but particularly young Black girls. Um, I love being a mirror 
to to women as well to say hey listen um life is is something that you can create your ourselves how is it about you become the magician and make magic out of your life and what i love is that i always say do it in your own terms mine is traveling that's what my freedom looks like but mm. it's not your freedom your freedom find your freedom as well find your passion point and let that be your guiding light Siwela, in closing, when you look into the mirror, who are you seeing? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm seeing, I'm seeing a, a woman that's um, in a country full of possibilities, even in the middle of you know stuff that may get us down. When mm-hmm. I listen to you talking to Michelle, uh, to to Lerato, I'm excited of the possibilities. This trip to Egypt, I'm like, wow, I want to be part of that. <laughs> Let's go. Let's uh, go. I'm, and I'm seeing the content that's coming out constantly. I've talked to publishers, to authors. You know, I'm I'm seeing somebody who's hopeful um, in a continent where there's so much potential. That's that's who I see. Mm-hmm. That's a very beautiful image in the mirror, Lerato. You get the closing uh, the closing comment. What's in your mirror? In my mirror is love, faith, and hope, love for content- for Africa and for us. I love us, you know, <laughs> and love, faith that everything is going to work out always for the good of, of, of the collective good. And um, just really, once again, feeling so humbled that something that can start with just a little a, a spontaneous thought. I'm resigning i'm quitting my life to go travel around west africa for three months can turn into something that is so big beyond even what i even i understand and i'm constantly discovering the bigness of vagabond the genuine impact of vagabond as we speak there's someone who's who's researching it and writing a research paper about Mm. vagabond i failed research adversity i had to repeat it several (laughs) times that's how bad i am at it so you know there's someone researching my work things like that really really humble me and make me make me realize also just how incredibly powerful it is to just trust yourself you can you know it's like they always say speak up even if your voice is shaky walk even if your steps Mm. um, are not steady and strong just do it you know just do it it will work out in the end but the most important thing is you have to start that fire you have to keep going then you will see the miracle Lerato Mohuatle and your guests, thank you so much for joining us and uh, keep those uh, joyous stories coming strong. It's 10 o'clock. It's time for the news. It's no longer good morning. It's now goodbye.